Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Isaiah 36, 4 and 13, and it reads, The field commander said to them, Tell Hezekiah, this is what the king, the great king, the king of Assyria says, On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have counsel and might for war, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Look, I know you're depending on Egypt. That splinter red of a staff which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who depend on him. But you say to me, we are depending on the Lord our God. Isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before this altar? Come now, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you 2,000 horses, if you can put riders on them. How then can you repulse one officer of the least of my masters? Even though you are depending on Egypt for chariots and horsemen, Furthermore, I come to attack and destroy this land. The Lord himself told me to march against this country and destroy it. Then Eliakim, Shibna, and Yoad said to the field commander, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, since we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people on the wall. But the commander replied, was it only to your master and you that my master sent me to say these things and not to the people sitting on the wall who, like you, will have to eat their own excrement and drink their own urine? Then the commander stood and called out in Hebrew, hear the words of the great king of Assyria. But the people remained silent and said nothing in reply, because the king had commanded them, do not answer him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As children of God, we're not exempt from the troubles of life. They're inevitable. They're going to come. We're going to have trouble, tribulation, battles that seem to follow us everywhere. Jesus said, in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus simply was saying that we're going to have problems, people. It's just fact of life. 
be prepared for them with prayer. The battle of life might be different for each of us, but Satan will use each of them to achieve his number one desire, and that is fear. For us to react in fear as trouble arises. You see, the devil knows that if a child of God are living in fear, regardless of what you will say, you cannot be living by faith. One cancels out the other. Those two concepts cannot coexist. They are like ice cream and bacon, gym, the gym and pizza, prayer and creating a plan B. It just doesn't work. The outcome of every conflict in life is determined by whether one responds to it in fear or in faith. Even if you don't get what you want. Because it's still working in your behalf. Your outlook will determine the outcome. In the world today, we have an excellent example of Satan's tactic against the saints Hezekiah was faced with a grave dilemma. The nation of Assyria was threatening to attack Jerusalem. The cities around Jerusalem had already suffered defeat, resulting in the capture of over 200,000 prisoners. He knew that what was coming was big. Though the king Hezekiah experienced some anxiety over the probability of battle, he did not allow his anxiety and fear to rule him, to overcome him, to be his first response. He responded to his initial fear with determined faith towards God. This response opened the way for God to bring about deliverance, which is what we all want when we come to God in prayer. It is what we all need when we come to God in prayer. Faith in God will accomplish the same thing for us. The question is, do we panic or do we pray? It's important to mention that up to this last warning, Hezekiah referred his prayer's request to Isaiah. And he will say to Isaiah, pray to your God. But this time, this time it was different. Hezekiah was told not to count on the strength of his allies. We read in Isaiah 36 and 4, what are you trusting in that makes you so confident? Hezekiah's father, Ahab, 23 years earlier, had to make a decision at this same place. And unfortunately, he chose the king of Ahaz and decided to trust the armies of Assyria to fight the battles for him instead of God. Now the allies of Ahaz had become the attackers of Hezekiah. Be careful with what you rely on in times of trouble. The best people, ideas, um, counsel might not be what the Lord wants you to do or what the Lord wants you to know. Pastors many times come and we hear people say, Pastor, pray for me because you have a direct line to the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's not true. My line, like yours, sounds busy at times. And we have to keep persisting and persisting until we get through. Trusting anything other than God will likely be your downfall. As the old song says, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Hezekiah was told that his army lacked sufficient military ability. Satan's purpose in your trials is to get you to focus on your weaknesses. I know many people that they feel that they cannot come to the Lord in prayer because they consider their sins to be greater than the grace of God. And it, they stop right there. And they look for prayer for here and for there from other people. They don't accept the grace of God. If they're so filled with regret, just go to the Lord in prayer. Confess to the Lord. Have him clean you out. He says that he will forgive your sins as far as the east is from the west. And he will remember them no more. So when you go to the Lord in prayer, you're brand new. He's not thinking, oh, you know, this is Francis. You know, 10 years ago she did this. 10 years ago she did that. That's not the Lord. That's us. But it's not the Lord. So Satan's purpose is to get us to concentrate on us, on our weaknesses. God's purpose in your trials is to get you to focus on him. If you can just come to the Lord with faith and prayer. Put your request at the feet of the cross. Tell him what it is that it's wrong, what is happening. Open yourself to the Lord. Be vulnerable. Be truthful. After all, he knows everything anyway. I mean, why hide? It's not as if you could say 10 things and then hide the 11th. It doesn't work like that. Be truthful. Tell him what is in your heart. Tell him why you think you want to go in the direction you want to go. If you're praying for someone, tell them how much that person means to you, how much that person is value to other people, maybe their families. But definitely go to the Lord in prayer because his purpose is to bring you to him not to go out to others. Hezekiah was told that Judah's destruction was by God's authority. This is like when our life is falling apart and we are told by well-meaning people, this must be the will of God. No. We must always remember that God's plan for us is not to hurt us or to abound, abandon us in, any in times of trouble, to desert us in any time of trouble. If you're in trouble, the Lord is right there with you. If you're happy, he's right there with you. You know, he, he doesn't change sides. I just mean, you know, within the Lord here and there, you know, but he's, he's steady, he's steady. If you're at war with something, the Lord goes in front of you to fight for you. But you have to have communication with this power. You cannot expect to live a life of blank prayer, no prayer at all, and then one day say, Lord, 
I'm needing this, and the Lord's going to say, uh, who are you and your name? Because you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Now, he's always open for that relationship. He's never going to say no. Actually, he's been waiting for you to come into his area, his temple, his arms, and tell him how much you need him. And then, at, on your knees or sitting down in your favorite prayer chair, come to the Lord in prayer. When God's children are going through trials and troubles, Satan loves to lie to them and tell them God is against them. We think, well, God must be punishing me for, you know, not doing this and not doing that. that that's not the way it goes. The only thing that's in my life has seemed like punishment, but then I realized that it wasn't. It was when the Lord has let me be the recipient of my own choices. When I have said, mm, no, I don't, I don't like that, or you're taking too long, I'll take it from here. Then the Lord lets me be the recipient of my own choices. We might say, well, you know, the Lord is punishing me. No, the Lord is not punishing you. Sometimes that's the way you learn. Like a child, you put your hand in the fire, you get burned, you don't do it again. You know, my 18-month uh, granddaughter goes to the oven and she says, hot, hot. I say, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. You know, because she knows that it's hot. Sometimes we have to feel the result of our choices in order not to go there anymore. He will say, look at how many times you've messed up in the past. God is angry with you. God is never angry with us. God is always in love with us. That's why you're having all these problems. That is not true. Some of them we have no control over, and the Lord will use them as a lesson. Some of them the Lord will use them to minister to someone else in the time of need. And again, some of them are the result of our choices because we thought we knew better. But please remember and write this down. This is so important. God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go. It doesn't matter if you're just crawling on the floor, sitting on the pew, you know, flying a, a plane. God will meet you where you are right now to take you to where he wants you to go. The purpose of God is mighty, and he has a purpose for each one of us. Sure, you have sinned and messed up in the past. All of us have, but the word of God says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Take that word and believe it. The king of Assyria had sent word by his messenger saying, don't listen to Hezekiah's nonsense about God delivering Jerusalem. He's just avoiding the inevitable. He's not living in reality. And then I added, this old guy is in denial. Because we say that, oh, 
He won't believe that. I guess he's in denial, you know? That sounds just like what the devil tells a lot of folks every Sunday. Oh, you don't need to go today. You just, you know, go next week. And, and then next week, you know, you, well, it's kind of early or I, I just kind of don't. Then you go the following week. Don't listen to the preacher. After all, she's just preaching. She's supposed to tell you to trust God. Satan likes you to think that the only one you can really trust is yourself. Satan likes us to think that we are all that smart. You know, after all, we are of age. You know, we have paid our dues on certain things and in certain places. Don't we all know people? I know I do. I, you know, I, I know people. And then I'm reminded not to lean on my own understanding because from the beginning, I'm wrong, you know. But I have learned to just wait a little bit, not to jump into judging, not to jump into situations. Let me listen. And then make sure that I'm listening to the word of God if I am to act on anything. I can tell you to do so many things to make you rely on Jesus Christ. If you relied on Jesus, if you trusted him to be your savior, how could you not trust him in prayer? <clears throat> Remember, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Excuse me. <coughs> I took a lot at home. This doesn't happen. You know, I don't go around with water. But I guess that here <coughs> I am. This verse is a promise. A promise given to you and to me. A pastor once said, The greatest moves of God are usually preceded by simple acts of obedience. I'll give you a simple act of obedience. You have prayed, you have put the situation in the hands of the Lord. You know the Lord has heard you because he hears your prayer. You have a choice of nagging him for the next seven days or meeting him and start praying and thanking him and praising him. Not because he's going to give you what you want, but because he's going to do the best thing for you and for the people that you're praying for. Because you know that you can trust him and you know that he will undergird you to receive whatever it is that he's going to give you an answer to. It is important that when you deliver your prayer to the Lord, you understand that he heard you. And I feel that the best thing to do from that point on, is to praise him. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise him in song. Praise him in, in, in reading uh, devotions. Um, praise him in writing your devotions. In, in, in just taking a, a verse apart, you know. Let the Lord guide you into 
what he wants you to know through your hand. Now, I know some people don't journal. I happen to journal. So for me, that, that is a, a, a part of prayer that works and that is important for me. The devil, remember, wants you not to listen, not to pray, wants you to be entertained, wants to distract you. But all those things are in your power to stop. The messenger asked, where are the other kings that I defeated now? Those that came against me, those that decided to do battle with me, wh where are they now? They're not here with you. I have defeated each one of them. Satan says the same thing to us today. Where is the healing? Where are the finances? Where is the new job? Where is the good spouse? Where is the perfect child? Or the payment for the mortgage? Where? He likes to remind us, and he likes to make us look for what is not there. That means that you're not satisfied with what you got, so you start you know, looking, well, I should have had that, it hasn't come. And you start then going, and then you fall into fear that you're not gonna get what you're praying for. But this is the point of my sermon today. Look what Hezekiah does. He doesn't ask Isaiah to pray for him or his friends to pray for him either. And I love this part because it's so, um, so tender, so humble, and you can find it in the Bible yourself, and you can actually copy it and, and recite it to the Lord when you need it. He likes to have his word recite back to him. There's nothing wrong with reading prayers, nothing at all. This time he goes directly to the Lord. I have to tell you that no one can tell God your troubles or that your heart aches like you can. It's kind of like when I, if I have a project and I need to go out, you know, get, get uh, funds for it. No one can tell you what this means if we can get this going like I have because I am just drenched in it. I always pray, Lord, let not this be a source of pride, but use it so that people can understand how much we need to put this forward. Again, I have been in prayer. The Lord has opened the door, and when the Lord opens the door, I go in. So this is the prayer that Hezekiah says directly to the Lord. O Lord of heaven's army, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubims. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sekarim, to his words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the king of Assyria has destroyed all the nations. 
and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course, the Assyrians could not destroy them. They were not gods at all. They were just idols of wood that easily burn by human hands. Now, O oh Lord, our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of earth will know that you alone, O oh Lord, are God. So King Hezekiah prays in faith. He prays trusting the greatness of God. He prays anticipating the glory of God. This is where I connect. I say my prayer, and then I start praising God. It doesn't matter how he's going to resolve the problem that I have brought to his hands or to the field of the cross or, 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 or whatever, wherever it is that you feel that the Lord can have it in his hands. It doesn't matter because I continue to praise him. I know that he's going to do good. I know that he's going to do the best. And just like Hezekiah, he knew that the Lord would take glory for whatever the results was. Folks, the child of God is not supposed to live their life in fear. Walk by faith, not by sight. Rather than throw his hands up and surrender, Hezekiah took the letter and spread it before the Lord. So he took the, the, the letter that the other king had said and just put it like this. This is where I take the, go to the Lord in humble, humbleness in whatever way you do it. Go to the Lord in truth. Bring whatever it is to the Lord. Bring it to him in prayer. Just open up and give it to him. It's just you and him at that moment. You don't have an audience. You don't have to perform. You don't have to be eloquent. The Lord understands. He, the Lord is so understanding that he even understands my accent. That's how understanding the Lord is. So you know that he's going to understand you and receive you. When it comes to your trials and troubles, the enemy does not have the last word. God does. Note that Hezekiah's first response to the threat of the enemy is to humble himself before God. Now, this is a God that he knew from a distance because he used to say to Isaiah, hey, would you pray for me? T take this to the Lord. Just like some of us, we, we don't come to the Lord in prayer as you're getting out of the gate. We just simply say, hey, could you pray for me? You know, we get somebody else to, to bring us to the Lord. What the Lord is saying, you need to come. I have heard that, but you need to come. Hezekiah did not minimize the situation that he and Jerusalem were in. He simply saw God as the bigger, bigger than the situation. You know, church, most of the time we can't hear from God about the trials or situations in our lives because we're too busy trying to figure out where we're going and what to do next. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Spread it out. Humble yourself before the Lord. 
Hezekiah's humbleness before God received an immediate response from God. Not to him, though. God sent his answer through Isaiah. Could the Lord have answered Hezekiah? He certainly could. But he sent the answer to Isaiah. What that tells me is be aware. A song, a friend, a sermon in the radio, somebody talking to me, they might bring the answer that I'm expecting. So this is how Isaiah comes to Hezekiah, and this is what he says in Isaiah 37, 33, and 36. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, not come before it with shields, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will defend the city to save it for my own, my own sake, and for my servant David's sake. The Lord was responding at the moment, do not worry. They're not going to come in. I have heard you. And I will deliver your people. Then the angel of the Lord went forth and struck the camp of the Assyrians, a hundred and four scores and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, the Israelites, behold, they were all dead. Dead corpses all around. Their whole camp was dead. Hezekiah had received the promise of God's protection. That promise belongs to us also. Take it. Apply it to your situation. Then be ready for the will of God to strengthen you, you to strengthen those that you're praying for. Strengthen yourself with the word of God. It is the manna to your soul. It is the honey to your words. It is the fragrant essence offering to the Lord. It is there for your taking. Let us pray. Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you that we can live in your light and walk in your truth. May the things that you have revealed and thoughts that we have shared dwell in our hearts and stir us to action. We pray for all the words you have sown into the people's heart today. Watch over them, protect them. May they take root and produce wonderful things. May we, we alert your prompting and live in your endless love. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory in this world and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>